Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Field is ready. They're racing in the Oaks. Well, it's that time of the week. It's time for another episode of Ladies Who Punt. So welcome, everyone. My name is Fiona Blair, and again, I'm joined by Grace Ramage. Hi, Grace. Hello, Fee, and hello to all of our listeners. Once again, we're here for Ladies Who Punt, and this is going to be all about the final day of the Queensland Carnival, Fee. It is the Stradbroke Handicap, um, and it is probably the feature race of the Queensland calendar. It's a Group 1 handicap over 1,400 metres, very prestigious, um, it's been running for a long time and, um, you know, it's sort of that the jewel in the crown of the Queensland Carnival and uh, there's another group one on the day as well. But we'll get to that shortly. Looking forward to our form preview for Stradbroke Day. Yeah, it's going to be a great day of racing and uh, this is our last episode for a few weeks. Grace is jetting off to Royal Ascot, which is very exciting. It is. I'm leaving on Thursday, so um, be gone for three weeks. Royal Ascot, maybe get a little holiday in there. I'll be back after that, I mean, I'm sure three weeks will fly by, but um, I'm really looking forward to it. And then once we get back, we'll be ramping up towards the spring, which is crazy. Time really does fly. Yeah, it's going very fast this year. And in other announcements, uh, we put up a few sort of polls on our social media over the weekend. And thank you, everyone who responded. And we've listened to your calls. We will be getting in some merchandise. Yay! We uh, just have to put our order through. And then we will also be organising a race day catch-up. So at the moment we are looking at Bletchingly Stakes Day, which is the 23rd of July at Caulfield. So put that in your calendars. There'll be more details to come. Yeah, that'll be so good. Um, It'll be just a chance for us to sort of set up in a spot at Caulfield. And if anybody wants to come along um, to chat, all things Ladies Who Punt, ask more questions. It'd just be so good to get everybody together because that's sort of what we want to achieve in the future, that more opportunities to catch up, the better. That's right. So moving on to this week, we are looking at the Stradbroke and we're going to do things a little differently. We are going to talk about our quaddy Grace. So the main races are all very conveniently in the quaddy legs at Perfect. Eagle Farm. So race six, race seven, race eight and race nine. A quick little tip of why sometimes you might have a group one that's randomly race four and not a quaddy leg because normally quaddy legs are the bigger betting races and because of that if you've got a group one even though it's a group one and it's only got five horses in it and Zaki is a dollar twenty that's probably not going to be a good betting race. So that's uh. why they would take it out of the quaddy and put it earlier in the day so that the quaddy legs are still the really big turnover betting races and lots of people think, I'm going to have a good go at the quaddy today. That's so interesting, Grace. I've always wondered why uh, group ones are sometimes earlier in the day. Mm-hmm. Well, 
this week we're looking at racing at Eagle Farm again. What can we expect on the day in terms of conditions? Well, Eagle Farm has obviously had lots of racing recently because this Queensland Carnival has been going on for weeks now. The track uh, absorbs moisture and water and rain really well, as we've referenced already. But we can just expect a good track this Saturday. Um, Conditions have been nice up in Queensland in Brisbane. So we're currently on a good four track and I think everybody can expect it to be a good four, if not a good three, come race day. They'll probably uh, put some irrigation on it in the lead up just to make sure that there is enough cushion and it's not too firm. The rail is out in the four metre position. I'm not a Eagle Farm expert, but four metres to me isn't as a significant push out of the rail as like, let's say, 10. Once you get to 10, you know, it starts to become quite leaderish anywhere. The reason that the rail would have been moved out four metres is simply just to cover some of that wear and tear that would have happened over the last few weeks on those inside lanes. So they've pushed the rail out so that it's really clear ground and I think that that will make for really fair and evenly run races. And with all that in mind, let's get into our quaddy with race six. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for the award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Race six is the Q22, a group two race over 2,200 metres. Before we discuss who we like and who we want to put in the first leg of our quaddy, let's take a look at the market, Grace. Yes, let's do that, Fee. The market for race six, the first leg of the quaddy, has Huertor as our $3 favourite. Now, this is the horse that last start beat Zaki in the Doomben Cup, which was a surprise result on the day. Um, and it was really good to see this horse bouncing back into some form after having won a couple of races last preparation. So I can totally understand why he's $3 and our favourite for this event. The second favourite is Maximal at $6. And then you've got Hopeful at $8. And the rest are double figures. Uh, taking a look in the, la- in the first couple of hours of what's happened in betting, the one that's uh, been a bit of a market mover is Great House for Chris Waller, James McDonald in the saddle. Uh, that would be some alarm bells for punters out there. $16 went up, too big, punters said, into $13 now, but not too many other moves early in the betting. So that's the landscape for the market at the moment. And I must say, Fee, it's absolutely no surprise to me to see Huertor as the favourite at $3 and also Maximal 
as the second favourite at $6 because Maximal and Huerto, I want to have them both in our quaddy. Definitely. Maximal in particular at $6 really interests me because he's a horse that's had a really big boom on him. When I say that, I mean uh, since he's come over from Europe, which was he had his first start in the spring in Sydney last year. So he's only been racing for, you know, 10 months basically in Australia. Since he's come over, there's been a really big reputation on this horse you know the market's always expected really good things there's always just been whispers that this maximal this entire by galileo is a really nice horse and to be honest we had not seen it at all in three starts before the doomben cup last start where he'd been freshened to get to that race at 2100 meters and from toward the rear of the field he was really good only beaten half a length by Huerto and of course uh, Zaki finished third so Maximal beat Zaki home as well great run from a horse that there's always been great expectations about and I think that he might be able to live up to it now uh, even getting slightly out to 2,200 metres. Both of those horses are absolute locks for the quaddie. Definitely. I'm even surprised at Maximal's price at $6, considering how closely he finished behind Huerto last start. And maybe one of the reasons for that fee is if you go back and look at their starting prices last start, Huerto was $16. you got to remember Zaki was like a dollar. 10 or something. Huerto was $16, whereas Maximal was $31. So there was still a big discrepancy right. between them then, as there is a smaller discrepancy between them now. So, so far we have number three, Huerto, and number nine, Maximal. Is there anything else that you want to put in, Grace? Okay, so I will just take one more horse before before I hand it back to you to round out our first leg of the quaddy. But don't call me crazy. There's a horse here at $51 that we're putting in the quaddy. What? His name is Cryodirus. Horse number 12 here. James Cummings with Sam Clipperton to ride. Now, this horse does not win often, but I'm going to make a case for it. Firstly, he's done lots of racing on heavy tracks this preparation. He does not like heavy tracks at all. Like he finishes tailed off, just does not handle that ground in the slightest. So just ignore his first run and his second run this preparation. He was then freshened a month between runs into the Lord Mayor's Cup last start at Group 3 level up at Eagle Farm on a good four track over 1,800 metres. Now, this horse doesn't win often, and the reason is this horse always gets so far back in his races. He is an out-and-out back marker, but he often also draws wide barriers, which to me means, you know, you've the jockey's got the mindset of this horse goes back, we've drawn wide, so there we go, we're going back again. Now on Saturday, he finds another good four track, and he's drawn barrier four. If Sam Clipperton from barrier four can really encourage Cryodirus to be positive out of the barriers in a way that, you know, he's not lazy and just, you know, flops out and says, yeah, this will do. If he actually tries and holds a position midfield, um, I think this horse will be close enough and can win. Last start in that Group 3 Lord Mayor's Cup that I spoke about, he went back to last. But if you go back and look at the race, he finishes last. He has run the fourth fastest last 200-metre split of the entire meeting Wow! running last. So how do we get our head around that? Well, what it means is that the leader went so slowly that the whole race has just absolutely sprinted 
electrically, like it was a real dash home. And there wasn't a great deal of difference in their their closing splits in terms of the seconds or the points of a second. But there was nothing wrong with the run of Cryodirus other than the fact that he just got way too far back and had no winning chance. So that's my case for one at $51. We need him to be able to settle a bit closer and he's got a chance. Okay, so the one that I wanted to add in as well on top of those three and that $51 chance, Grace, (laughs) I'm going to go for one with slightly smaller odds. It's number one, the chosen one. So he ran fifth to Huerto and Maximal in the Doombin Cup a couple of weeks ago. So he's got good form coming into the race. The other thing I really liked about him, same as with you, with Cryoderis, is the barrier. Barrier nine, he looks like a horse from his form that likes to settle sort of midfield. So Mm -hmm. I'm hoping he can get there. And he's been running really well in his last five runs, you know, three thirds and then fifth last start. And the one run that didn't go well was the Sydney Cup where he was on a heavy tent. So doesn't like a wet track. Mm -hmm. So again, we're on good ground for him. And yeah, I just think he's the horse that sort of stood out to me other than the two favourites. Well, with the presence of no Zaki or no genuine Group 1 horse, while this is a Group 2, I must say, last year um, Zaki ran in this race and won. The chosen one is Saddlecloth number one because he's a class horse in the race. Like mm. He's a six-year-old entire and he's been there, done that time and time again. He's won a Group 1. This preparation back in New Zealand and he's had many other stakes wins as well. So I completely understand what you're saying. He's in good form and he's the class horse. So I think that's a really good call. But you also picked him because he's a Kiwi, right? I did. And uh, you commenting on him being an entire for just a little breeding side note. He's by Super Sire Savabeel. Mm-hmm. And it's very rare for Savabeel to have an entire at six years old. They can be very temperamental. We uh, nicknamed them Savage Beals in New Zealand. So, <laughs> yeah, I think he must be a super horse with a yeah. great temperament to get to six and still have his nuts. And I think I think this is actually his last career start. Is it? I think he's secured – I've read on social media he's secured a stud deal, so he will go to become Ooh. a stallion in the breeding barn come the springtime or the breeding season. So this is his this is his swan song and, you know, it would be fitting for him to win and I think that he can. Well, fingers crossed. Okay, so in our first leg of the quaddy, we have number one, the chosen one, number three, Huetor, number nine, Maximal, and number 12, Cryderis. I'm happy enough with that fee. Um, yep, no, it's done now. We're not changing it. That's the thing. Once you've locked in your quaddy, at least you've done your first leg. Don't go back because it's too hard. All right, so let's move on to the next race. We're going to race seven. It is the first of our group ones, the JJ Atkins over 1,600 metres. So this is a group one for two-year-olds. So a really interesting one to have in our quaddy. Let's take a look at the market. All right, this is a really tricky race. Uh, It's a big field. There are horses coming from left, right and centre to now have their turn in a group one over 1,600 metres. So there's actually quite a lot to dissect and it's already hurting my head. The favourite is Sharp and Smart. A Kiwi horse that last Saturday, so on the seven-day backup, ran really well to be narrowly defeated by Political Debate, who was the second favourite in this race. But to put it into context, Political Debate actually opened our $4.40 favourite in this race and has slightly eased out to $4.50. But the market has 
But punters have really come for sharp and smart. Number 10, open $5 now into $4.20 favourite. So there's been a quick flip at the top of the market here. Sharp and smart is our $4.20 favourite ahead of political debate. Nothing between them last Saturday. Clearly not much between them so far in the betting for this Saturday's Group 1 race out to a mile. She's a belter, was the winner of the Sires two weeks ago, and she's not budged at $5 as our third favourite. So you've got three horses all with nothing between them in the market. It goes to show how competitive this race is. Just having a quick look to see if there's anything else that's happening since markets have opened. And I suppose the only other one that's really had some support is Ringmaster, $41 into $31, but it doesn't take a great amount of money to make that move happen. So to be honest, it's all about Sharp and Smart, uh, who has seen pretty significant support within the first couple of hours of markets being opened. So I suppose that's a good place to start, Fee. Uh, What did you think of the performances of the favourite and the second favourite, Sharp and Smart, and also political debate last Saturday in the Phoenix, over 1,500 metres at this same track? I think, again, it's sort of similar to Huaytor and Maximal. Like, there wasn't much of a margin in there, and I'm surprised that Sharp and Smart has come out on top. Um, I really liked political debates run. They're both on the backup, which is, you know, super interesting. It's a tough call for a two-year-old. But I am surprised that, you know, that race that they that they both ran and was a listed race. And she's a belter was in a group two and she's third in betting. I don't I don't get it. Is it the distance? Like what's going on there? No, and to be honest, there's not really that much between them in the betting. I wouldn't say that the market's taken a set so far against Cheese a Belter, like that might change, you know, in a couple of days' time. But at the moment, they're all really evenly marked when it comes to the market, which makes a lot of sense because really there's not much between them. Cheese a Belter was really good winning two weeks ago because there was a lot of substance to that win. The leaders, when we discussed it in our form review, went along at a really fast tempo. She was in the right spot, but she was still so strong to and through the line to suggest 1,600 metres should be no problem. It was a high-rating win from this filly. I suppose one thing, Fee, going back to, again, looking at the starting prices of these horses last time, she's a belter that day, did start $15, in from $19. So... When you think about what the market was expecting her that day, it was a little bit of a shock that she won. But, I mean, she still put the performance up. The the run is still on the board, and I think she's definitely a winning chance here. Barrier 10, Willie Pike, same sort of setup as last start. You'd expect her to get back and be really strong to the line. So I would like her to be in our quaddy. Definitely. So that's the the first three. Number four, political debate. Yep. Number 10, sharp and smart. And number 16, she's a belter. Political debate was my pick for the run, and I haven't really found many others that I like, Grace, so I'm going to leave it up to you to add another one if you want. Well, this is the thing. Like, we've identified the top three in the betting, which, you know, when you don't have to be a genius to do that, but it's it's that simple or it's anything, you know? So when you're doing a quaddy, and we touched on this way back in one of our first episodes, you can take the option of literally having every runner in the field, which is called a field leg, Like you've taken the field, which means if any of them win, you're still alive. But what that means is that it costs you a lot more to put it on. Or if you want to have $100 on, your percentage that you're taking is going to be a a lot smaller because you're just having so many horses running for you. There are so many different combinations. So having said all that, 
I don't want to have the field in this leg because let's just risk it and let's just try and make some nice money for and return on our investment. But there's one other horse that we're adding fee. Okay. And his name is Brereton, horse number one, Jamie Carr to ride for Peter Moody. So if you go back and watch the replay of this horse's last start, he raced in the She's a Belter size produce at Group 2 level two weeks ago. He started $10 that day. It was his first time getting out to 1,400 metres. And in fact, he was 1,000 metres to 1,400 metres on that occasion. So had only been kept to sprinting distances until that day. And if you go back and watch the replay of this race, he was posted deep throughout most of the run like he had to cover a lot of extra ground and he was close enough to the leaders where he was entitled to probably fade a lot more than he did his run was actually really good considering that he probably hadn't had the right platform for 1400 meters and a fast run 1400 meters at that he's a colt by Zoostar. he's obviously very tough he's only beaten 1.3 lengths in a race of big margins that she's a bell to race go back and watch the replay if you want to So now getting out to 1,600 metres, Jamie Carr sticks, slight query on the distance, I suppose, but there's a lot to like about what he's been doing. I think he's now got the right grounding for a really solid run at the mile. So I think we include him too, Fee, as sort of the one outside of the obvious at $18. That's Brereton. Yeah, I I feel good about having a fourth horse in in this league of the quaddy. Two-year-old races can be really tricky. Okay, so we're off to race eight, the feature race, the Stradbroke, over 1,400 metres, group one. So we're seeing a lot of horses come from the Kingsford Smith Cup two weeks ago where Apache Chase won that one and uh, it's a race we reviewed last week and uh, I think we can all remember that it was an out-and-out sit-and-sprint. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes this time. Let's look at the market, Grace. So now we've got the market for the Stradbroke Handicap. This is our feature race and it is a handicap, which means lots of different opinions, horses that have got all different weights. The top weight private eye with 57 kilograms and those right down on the minimum with 50 kilos star tontes. So let's take a look at the favourite at the moment and it is 11.11 at $5.50. Uh, This horse was exceptional in the main lead-up race, the Kingsford Smith Cup. And on that day, he was beaten by Apache Chase. But Apache Chase is $9.50 in this market, $9.50 and third favourite. So we've got Ayrton that's splitting those two at $6. Ayrton brings totally different form to this race. So while we've got lots of horses coming out of the Kingsford Smith Cup as our main lead-up, Ayrton is coming out of the Hollandale Stakes at Group 2 level behind Zaki, where he was 1,400 metres up to 1,800 metres. Now he's been five weeks between runs and back to the 1,400 metres. Very good horse, peculiar preparation, but he is a very good horse. So he's currently the second favourite at $6. So they are the three horses that are in single figures and the rest are double figures. It is a really tricky race to try and find the winner, as is very typical for these big Group 1 handicap races. I suppose, Fee, where we can start is the fact that Apache Chase won last start and he's $9.50. And 11.11 was a really good run for third, but he's $5.50. That is a little bit surprising to me because it was run at a very similar distance, being 1,300 metres the last start, Kingsford Smith Cup at Group 1 level. Apache Chase sits on speed. That's why he won last start because they went slow. He had a significant tactical advantage. 
And now he is a group one winner. He's probably not in as well at the weights as what he would have been if he hadn't won a group one, but he's still carrying equal weight to 11-11. And last start, they both carried 59 kilos as well. So it's a little bit surprising to me that 11-11 is a clear favorite ahead of Apache Chase, who again should sit on speed and have a really good kick in the finish. Yeah, I mean, like, we wouldn't leave him out, would we? No. He's in form. Um, it is an extra 100 metres, which might be putting a few people off. But, mm. yeah, I think both him and 11-11 can go into the quaddy. The one I want to know, Grace, if we are including, is uh, Brooklyn Hustle. Will she be included in the betting this week, Grace? Oh, no. What are we going to do with Brooklyn Hustle now? She's got 52 kilos here. It's pretty light. Yep. There's always something that you find. But barrier 22. Yeah, it's not good. It's not good. So I think that this might be the day that she doesn't go in the quaddy and this will be the day that she wins. (laughs) (laughs) Look, 52 kilos is great for Brooklyn Hustle. Um, She's going to get back from barrier 22. She'll run on well, but um, as we all know, I liked her last start, and she actually was a bit disappointing. I thought that they, I thought they would back her more than they did. She only was eighteen into fourteen dollars, so even that sort of tells me the market sort of gone off her a bit. And yeah, it's probably about time that I just we leave her out fee. But yeah, I'm gonna really regret those words, aren't I? I mean, I hope not. For, for <laughs> yeah. all of our sakes, let's just hope uh, she doesn't come out and put egg on our face. So, so far we have three and four Apache Chase, 11-11. I do want to include Alligator Blood. Okay. I just really liked his last run and I am a little bit nervous about the barrier, but I would just be kicking myself if we left him out and he just pulled off a great performance. What do you think? Am I crazy? You're definitely not crazy. He's a group one winner. He won the Australian Guineas back in 2020. So it's been a long time since we've seen him back at his best. But 100% last start was such an encouraging performance. And I also really liked Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Bott horses are known to be ones that go on speed. That's how they train them. That's how they like them ridden. As we've spoken about, tactical advantage can often mean that you win a race. So overall, they win a lot of races doing that. But I've really liked that they allowed him just to get back from barrier 15 last start and steam home. Like it was the perfect sort of first up run to suggest that now he's got that right platform to go on with at this campaign. From barrier 21, though, this time I would anticipate that they're going to hope to see him jump out of the barriers quick and he'll be fast across to settle somewhere near the speed. There's a chance that he might not get the most economical run, but his first start this preparation last time really indicated that he can sustain a strong gallop like the old horse that we knew. So I am 100% happy to have him in our quarter fee because it was a real flashing light run to suggest that he's back at his best. So along with Alligator Blood, is there anyone else that you want to include? Are we including Ayrton in this one? Really tricky horse to try and work out where he's at fee. I mean, we take confidence in the fact that his trainers, Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr., have still got him on track for this race. He's accepted. He's drawn Barrier 19 and Jamie Carr takes the ride with 54 kilograms. But he was really disappointing last start in the Hollandale Stakes behind Zaki, which was five weeks ago now. 
at 1800 meters so he, he had he won his first run at Caulfield then he got on a plane went up to Brisbane straight out to 1800 meters on a heavy eight track which I must mention you know the heavy eight track might have been the thing and he was so disappointing there and then since then obviously they didn't go to the Doombin Cup they've reset him in preparation for this race back to 1400 meters now he gets good ground. He drops in weight. There's a lot to like about him. Barrier 19 is a bit scary. He'll probably go forward. So with him and Alligator Blood both drawn the car park and both wanting to roll across, you know, where do they get to? It's a bit of a sticky map. I don't know. I'm on the fence with this horse. Um, at $6, he can probably win. But I don't know, Fee, what do you think? Well, I'm just sort of looking at his record. I've got his last five starts in front of me and... Yeah, the group two on a heavy A obviously didn't go well up against Saki. But other than that, his wins have been like at group three level or lower. So I'm just questioning whether, you know, we've got horses that have actual group one form here and recently. The thing about Ayrton is that he's the perfect horse to be in this race because when you're targeting a nice horse to a handicap race – a group one handicap, which is worth plenty of prize money. You don't want them to have won a group one yet. Right, because they're going to get high weight. Yep, you want them on the minimum, and that's what they've done with Ayrton. He's not a group one winner. He's won two group threes, but he's in here with 54 kilos, which is a really nice weight for this horse. Like, he's a very progressive horse. Don't get me wrong. He's got plenty of ability. I'm just not really sure the preparation's gone to plan. Do we put him in or do we leave him out? Let's just put him in. Okay. (laughs) Gee whiz, that was way too hard, way too hard. Uh, outside of those four now that we've put in, the other one I just want to mention is Soxagon. He beat Alligator Blood last start, but Soxagon does not get in our quaddy. The reason being that to me, even though he was $6 last start, I just it was a bit of a shock, to be honest, to see him win that race. And there wasn't much between a lot of them in the finish. There was a really tight finish. I'm just not really sure he can replicate that same performance now on Saturday. So Soxagon doesn't come in, whereas Alligator Blood is now second up. There's more room to improve for that horse. Okay, so that's our third leg. We've got number three, Apache Chase. Number four, 11-11. And number five, Alligator Blood. And number 11, Ayrton. So now we're moving on to the last leg. I think so far we've had four horses in every leg, Grace. So I think we're going okay. We're not too wide. Yeah, not too wide. Like we're, we're being quite conservative. Um, but, you know, we also haven't found a race where we're just so confident that it's a it's a one-out leg. So I think so far we're going okay. All right. So race nine is the Dane Ripper Stakes, 1,300 metres for the Phillies and Mares. It is a group two set weights and penalties. I'm a bit bamboozled by this race overall, Grace. What is the market telling us on this one? Najmadi is our favourite at $3.40 at the moment. And the second favourite in this race is at $8.50 and that's Let's Be Glam. So in comparison to some of those other earlier races where there were three horses, you know, with 70 cents between them, here we've got an outright favourite at $3.40 where the next best is $8.50. So it's a clear favourite Najmati. She has won her last two starts this preparation. She's going really well. That next, that second favourite I mentioned is Let's Be Glam and she's on the seven-day backup after running last Saturday over 1,200 metres and was a little bit unlucky there. Then you've got Written Beauty at at $9 now, Written Beauty is one of many horses in this race that came through the same last start 
and were beaten by Najmati. So you sort of got that main form reference, which is called the Helen Coglin Stakes for the Phillies and Mares over 1,200 metres at listed level. And now these Phillies and Mares get slightly up in distance to the 1,300 metres. But I know that you said that this race was bamboozling you, Fee, and it's probably because there are so many Phillies in it that have all got sort of a similar chance outside of the favourite. For me... This could be our leg where we go one out. Najmadi, $3.40 favorite, pray. This makes me very nervous. The reason for <laughs> why I'm saying this is she's been really, really good in two starts back this preparation. Now, her first up win was at Caulfield back in April over 1,100 metres where she sort of settled midfield on a even tempo and really motored home like she's got a really great finishing burst she had 54 kilos that day she won she was very good then she was freshened we next saw her six weeks between runs in her most recent win which was two weeks ago so I love the fact that the Snowden stable Peter and Paul Snowden have just kept her really fresh through this preparation you know they've been really specific in the races that they've targeted they're not just putting her in everything and hoping for the best they know her ability and now she's two from two she's gotten well at the weights she's 55 kilos again same as last start so I guess that's an encouraging sign as well yeah absolutely and it's this race is uh, under set weights and penalties conditions so you need to go and check the penalties and you know what means what makes a horse incur a penalty, you know, what style of win or what what type of win makes you incur that penalty. But um, if you take a look, especially on Racing Australia, where you've got that handicap rating column on your form guide, she's got 55 kilograms and she's got, she's a 93 rater. I mean, those others that are nine, high 90 raters have got 57. So I think she's really well on the weights here as well. I think you've convinced me, Grace. While you've been chatting away there, I've quickly watched the replay and it was a uh, sensational run from Najmati. She came from back very wide and just motored past everything in the last 400. So after watching that, I can totally see why the market is behaving the way it is. Mm -hmm. And I think we're... I think it's a good idea to go one out with Najmati in our last leg of the quaddy. In the last leg of the quaddy. So what we're saying, Fee, is if we are still alive coming into this last race and we've only got one horse running for us, like that is going to be really stressful. Wow. So will you be watching from from the UK? Or absolutely, you are? <laughs> I am. Absolutely, I will be. Um, yeah, I, I just think she's the best horse in this race, and Barry Six is good for her. Tommy Berry knows her well. Fifty five kilos is great. She should be too good again. So we're going to be putting this quaddy on, and uh, I've just done the calculations. If we are putting this quaddy on, our one hundred dollar spend is going to get us one hundred and fifty six percent of the winning dividend of this quaddy. So what that means is because we have gone one out in the last leg and relatively skinny in the other legs, um, you know, we're actually don't, we don't have to put too much on and we're still getting a really good return if the quaddy gets up. So I'm really happy with the way we've played this quaddy. Obviously we've dissected all of our decisions and we're happy with those that we've put in. So now we just need them to run to our expectations. We'll be laughing. 
If only it was that simple, Grace. Pretty much. <laughs> yep. Which it's not, as everybody knows that's been listening to this quaddie over recent weeks. We did get the Quinella in the Queensland uh, Oaks we last did. week. Yep, Gypsy Goddess and Barb Raider, yes. one and two, so yep. I think we're improving. And also, I think we spoke about it, that it was going to be a slow run race, and it was a slow run race, which is why I liked Barb Raider, because she was there and close enough, but we have to say a huge well done to William Pike, the jockey of Gypsy Goddess, because his ride won that race, it was outstanding. It was, yeah, a really good run, and uh, I was very pleased to see her put in she a performance it. like that. Definitely, yeah, I think she's a super horse. Can't wait to see it next time. So we've sorted out our quaddy for Saturday. Let us know on the socials if you're with us or you're not with us in the quaddy. I'm mm-hmm. sure, you, you know, everyone's got their own ideas, which is good. Yep. Um, and good luck with whatever your quaddy is. So as we said at the start of the episode, this is our last episode for a few weeks. We're just going to have a little freshen up. Grace is going to have a lovely time in Europe. <laughs> Let's not all be jealous. Maybe if if we're lucky, she'll post a little bit of Ascot uh, content on the socials for yes, us. Yes, definitely I can do that. I would love um, a little video of the queen if, oh, if, if she's around. I'll do my best. It'll probably zoomed in yeah, super max, zoom. like super zoom, but I'll do my best. <laughs> so just remember that we have got our race day meetup penciled in for the 23rd of July, Bletchley Stakes Day. So keep that one in your diary. We're really looking forward to that. And Grace, you just have a lovely holiday over the next few weeks. I will have a really good holiday fee. You enjoy a little freshen up yes. from our podcasting life, but we're only going to be away for not that long. So everybody listening, make sure you keep following what's happening every Saturday and you know keep trying to find the winners of the races that you're looking at or watching of a weekend or even during the week or you know just keep tinkering with it because hopefully with this stint and you know this campaign of Ladies Who Punt, you've learned a lot and you can put it into good use. Well, guys, that's it for another week and for this preparation. So we will see you on the other side of our spell. And make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you see our first episode back. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for listening in and good luck on Saturday. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 